CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. Well, she's known by a few different names, Pooh Glass, JWR, Jody Wilson-Raybould, and now she's speaking out after losing her powerful post at the height of a government corruption scandal that she exposed. Sandy Ronaldo joins JWR on a trip back to her ancestral homeland. Jody Wilson-Raybould burst onto the Canadian political stage back in 2015, a former Crown prosecutor in Vancouver's downtown east side at the time, recruited to run for federal office by Justin Trudeau himself. You went into politics very excited about it when you were approached. One of the reasons why I was so excited about coming into government back in 2015 is we need to have um, a leader. Um, well, we have Indigenous leaders, but um, a leader, um, Prime Minister, Premiers that want to do the necessary transformative work. I, Jody Wilson-Raybould, appointed to Cabinet as Canada's first Indigenous Justice Minister. She was a rising star in the Liberal government. Of course, I was the Minister of Justice and the Attorney General with a huge mandate letter of, of issues. But just four years later, that star came crashing down in the whirlwind SNC-Lavalin scandal that ended with Wilson-Raybould stripped of her justice duties. The PM's top advisor has resigned. The downfall, she says, for refusing to bow to political pressure and intervene in the criminal prosecution of the Canadian engineering giant on corruption charges. Any regrets about the way you handled it? I've thought about it a lot. If there was something that I could have done differently, but I don't have any regrets in terms of how I behaved and the decisions that I made. So while many Canadians will remember that very public face of Jody Wilson-Raybould standing up to the Prime Minister, to really understand her, you have to go back to her roots. Campbell River, midway up the east coast of Vancouver Island. The ferry heads out across the Discovery Passage. On this fall day, Jody Wilson-Raybould and her sister Corey are on their way home to the southern tip of Quadra Island and Cape Mudge, the Weewakai First Nation Reserve. So what's the importance of Cape Mudge to you? Cape Mudge for me means um, community. It means um, being embraced by people who love me and, and I love them. It's coming back to a place where um, I'm from, where my grandfather is from, where my grandparents were and where my ancestors are from. The family roots are deep here. At a traditional potlatch ceremony back in 1976, Jody's grandmother, Ethel, the highest ranking person in their tribe, gave her the name Puglas, meaning woman born to noble people. We were taught from the, a very young age to know who we are, to know where we come from, and to be proud of 
who we are and where we come from. Fantastic. We have to have some. Serving Indigenous communities is a lifelong mission for Jody Wilson-Raybould. Her sister, Corey, also a lawyer, has been with her from the beginning. I don't remember life without her because we're only 13 months apart. Pretty much done everything together, including going to law school together. The sisters graduated from UBC's law school back in 1999, and they lead busy lives. I have to do something with two business classes I have to speak to Monday and Tuesday. Here at home on Quadrat, they love to get out to the island spit and take in the ocean breeze. So how important are you and Jody to each other? We've had our moments as well, of course, as siblings too. We've probably spent more time with each other than we did with either of our parents. So we've been through the good and bad in life together. Jody and I have had many incredible opportunities and not every Indigenous person gets that. So we have a responsibility to give back to others and to make things better for others as well, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. That's kind of neat. I think Bib was out walking in the soccer field in that, uh, on that big feather. She wanted to know where I put it. I put it right there by Dad. That sense of responsibility starts with their father, Bill Wilson, one of the first Indigenous students to graduate from UBC's law school. I'm incredibly proud of where I come from and the accomplishments that my dad has made along with other Indigenous leaders in this country to bring us to this place. At the start of the final Bill Wilson has been a prominent figure on the national stage. In the early 80s, he helped get constitutional reform for Aboriginal and treaty rights. Under then-Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, this news footage from the time shows a famous encounter that still haunts Jody. I have two children in uh, Vancouver Island, both of whom, for some misguided reason, what, say they want to be a lawyer, <laughs> both of whom want to be the prime minister. Tell them I'll stick around till they're ready. I have these two wonderful daughters. They want to be lawyers. They want to be prime minister, he tells Pierre Elliott Trudeau. I was in grade six. I was sitting in my grade six class, and our teacher had it on television uh, when my dad spoke those words. So, you know, when you're young, I don't think you necessarily process things the same way, but I was proud to see my dad and a little bit embarrassed to hear him on, on television. Although he was away working and not around much, Bill Wilson was a force in his daughter's life. What was she like as a little girl? Well, she had a big red spot right in the middle of her head. And I thought that we got the wrong Indian baby when she brought her home, but her mother convinced us uh, that we should keep her. He's kidding, of course. <laughs> she was precocious. She was always outgoing. We called her Stitches because she was always falling down, hurting herself. So. Right. I kind of knew at that point that she'd probably be a politician. Well, wait a minute, let's back up a bit. What was it about her at that point that made you think she'd be a politician? Well, she was clumsy. <laughs> Seriously? No, but she was just, she was more of a daredevil than clumsy. She just put herself into situations, you know, where she got hurt. While Wilson likes to poke fun, he says he had expectations for his daughters. I wanted them to be leaders. I wanted them to be educated. I wanted them to be Indians. What exactly do you mean by that? I want people who are from my tribe to look like me forever. I want people to be practicing their culture and their language and their traditions, and more importantly, their relationship to Mother Earth.
I remember my dad, when we were young, asking us what we did to make the world better that day. And I remember thinking, I'm only eight. I'm not really sure what I could do. <laughs> so how much pressure is that, though? I think it can be a lot of pressure. But again, it's something that it's the only way we know. My dad went through way more than I've been through. Our grandmother and, you know, the Indigenous people that went to residential schools, their life was way harder than mine is. Their grandmother, Ethel, shared horror stories of what it was like to be torn away from family and forced into a residential school. Jody's dad escaped that fate, as did his daughters. It's marked them. Your dad said he never wanted you to forget the fact that you're an Indian. Being an Indian, as my dad talks about it, or being indigenous, as I like to, to say, um, is to never forget who you are and where you come from. Was that a lot to carry? on your shoulders? I mean, it depends on what period of time of my life. When I was younger, I was a lot more carefree. And as I got older, and certainly as I took on more different roles, um, all of which carried enormous responsibilities, it didn't feel like a burden. I mean, it was it's my, my job or my role to uh, contribute to public service. As influential as their father was, Jody and Corey were raised by their mother. She also now lives on the reserve at Cape Mudge. A retired teacher, Sandy, is Indigenous by marriage, not birth. When Jody was small, did you ever think that she would end up on the national stage in the way that she did? Never. <laughs> because? Because she was a rat. No, she was a normal kid, right. and she loved life, and she just went for everything full bore. Right. Yeah. So determined, hardworking. Uh, I wouldn't say she was hardworking. She just got into everything, and like, yeah. And she did things, everything well. So when you watched all of this unravel, you know, the very public exit from public life. As a mother, I mean, you, you feel for your, ch your child. Mm -hmm. Did you give her any advice? Did you suggest anything to her at the time? No. No. She was doing right, and I knew she was, had it all figured out. Coming up... She's always the cup half full person. Bringing strength and compassion to the halls of power. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen within our communities. When W5 continues... Jody Wilson-Raybould here at home at Cape Mudge. Her refuge, the small house looking out at the Discovery Passage towards Vancouver Island. The 50-year-old coming to terms with a very public exit from federal politics. Her husband, Tim, by her side. Right, right, right. How has Tim handled all of that? Tim has been and continues to be a rock of support. I honestly don't know how I would have been able to get through the reality of the last number of years without his support. The couple was married here in the fall of 2008. 
the non-Indigenous person. I'm not, I don't try and you know, pretend that I'm somehow Indigenous because I'm, I'm married to an Indigenous woman or live in an Indigenous community here at Cape Mudge. I respect it so much and it's so, it gives you an outlook or a perspective on life. Along with his wife, Tim Raybolt has dedicated his career to rebuilding Indigenous self-governance. Tell us the best thing about Jody. I think she's very kind. I think... Sorry. <laughs> it makes you emotional when you think about that. Why? Because you watched her go through so much? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, someone, someone who's so kind that, well, that's trying to do the right thing all the time, right? Sorry, I'll, I'll compose myself here. <laughs> um, but to be kind is what we need more of. Tim is remembering the whirlwind SNC-Lavalin scandal of 2019 that ended with Wilson Raybould shuffled out of her cabinet portfolio. The downfall in their minds for refusing to bow to political pressure and intervene in the criminal prosecution of the Canadian engineering firm on corruption charges. Did you get angry for her? Um, I don't I mean, probably. I mean, I think, uh, how could you not? But, uh, but I, I mean, not angry that I would go on to, uh, you know, Facebook or social media and say nasty thing. Angry in the sense of just continuing to move forward, like just see it as another blip in the road uh, and, or a hump in the road that you got to get past to do those things. After being demoted and ejected from the Liberal caucus by the Prime Minister, Wilson Raybould was expelled from the Liberal Party in 2019, sitting as an independent for the riding of Vancouver Granville. It was in Kwiatkowski Cove. But in the fall of 2021, she decided not to run again. She then wrote a book about her time in Ottawa and Justin Trudeau's government. Your book is called Indian in the Cabinet. I came to Ottawa as a proud Indigenous woman and realized over time that um, the place that I was in was essentially a microcosm of how Indigenous peoples, Indians under the Indian Act, have been treated over many generations, over many decades. I experienced the same um, or similar um, feelings of marginalization, of discrimination, of racism. You also said in the book, it was a complicated time because of the sometimes dysfunctional reality of national indigenous politics. What do you mean by that? I think politics generally, there is dysfunction. Um, in, in the indigenous world, um, we, t we are deconstructing our colonial reality wherein we have um, still imposed systems of government under the Indian Act. We are trying to address major issues of rights recognition, of um, management of lands and resources, um, ensure that our cultures and our languages survive, while at the same time, um, in communities, we face the highest um, suicide rates, lack of um, proper housing, lack of potable water on reserves. So there's a myriad of, of realities to contend with, and that takes a toll on leaders. 
you went into politics very excited about it when you were approached by the Prime Minister at the time. Mm -hmm. Is there bad blood between you now? Between myself and the and Justin Trudeau? Well, I, I actually don't think that way. I don't preoccupy myself with thinking about him. I went into politics excited, um, committed to major issues, and I'm still um, committed to those issues. Justin Trudeau is one person, albeit a very powerful person that has so many tools, if he chose to use them, um, could transform the country for Indigenous peoples and Canadians. But uh, this is a journey that we're all on. With her on that journey, her husband, Tim. To Tim, Dr. Tim. For almost 11 years, he has, uh, has been with me, and we have done this together, and I'm so glad that he's here tonight. And one of the things that Jody has always, which has always amazed me, is she's always the, the cup half full person. Tim and Jody are passionate about Indigenous issues. Woo! Tim says that out of all the turmoil and pain in the past few years, he sees changing attitudes. And I think the recent residential school, um, you know, issues over the finding the you know the little kids and all that, that. I think that really kind of brought it home in a way which was a bit more you know in the gut for many Canadians that this was that this is real. And then, um... It's also very real for Jody Wilson-Raybould. Her grandmother and other relatives went through the residential school system. There are individuals that are impacted by the reality of the colonial legacy, whether it be because of residential schools or something else that happened to them being removed from their home or their family at a very young age and there's a lot of healing that needs to, to happen within our communities. But Wilson-Raybould sees a shift. This is a journey that we're all on, and more and more people are committed to ensuring that true reconciliation happens beyond symbolism. We need to get to substance and action. And I know that um, while Indigenous nations rebuild um, their nations and their governing systems, um, Canada can learn a lot looking at our democracy as Canadians and seeing how we can continue to do better. I'm definitely going to be there and involved. That's a beautiful shot that way with the sky. The future, her future on her mind and on the minds of those who love her. I think about that one a lot, actually. be interesting to know because uh, she could be anything she wanted. Speculation is that apart from involvement in Indigenous issues, Jody Wilson-Raybould might take a run at the post of Mayor of Vancouver or fulfill her father's prediction, Prime Minister. Do you think she should be Prime Minister? She certainly would be a better Prime Minister than any we've had in my lifetime. I would certainly support that. And it's about time that uh, that we had a, a Native Indian person as a Prime Minister and, and that she's a female, it makes it even doubly better. So what advice would you give her as she thinks about what's next for her? 
remember the fact that she is a, where she comes from. She represents not only our family, but she represents Native Indian people generally, whether she wants to or not. The hereditary chief says he raised both his daughters to be warriors. I wanted them to be warriors in our society because when I was younger, my mother told me, get all the gifts that the white man can give you in terms of education because you're going to have to fight these people in the future. For Wilson Raybould and her husband Tim, now is about taking time to breathe and reflect on what's ahead. The path will unfold as it's intended to. She's never said to me, oh, I want to be the prime minister or I want to be the mayor of Vancouver. She's never said that, right? As for the woman at the center of it all, out of the political spotlight for now. So, <laughs> do you want to be prime minister? I, well, I, I mean, I, it wouldn't be believable if I said I've never thought about it. Of course I have. I was raised, as we talked about at the very beginning, to be a leader, whatever that meant, and to use my skills and abilities, such as they are, to contribute back to community to ultimately improve quality of life. Okay, so what I take away from that is never say no. Maybe I will run. Uh, with the potential of being prime minister, maybe I won't. I don't close the doors on anything, and as is, has been the pattern in my life, and I believe this um, from the bottom of my soul, opportunity presents itself to you, and I definitely think that the, the universe unfolds as it should. The universe unfolding as it should. If those words sound familiar, it's because they were uttered by then Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau 50 years ago, back in 1972. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.